If you want tutoring to pay you a full-time salary, you need to be doing more than just posting on social media or promoting yourself. You also need to be in the right mindset and start thinking and acting like a business owner. It doesn't make you any less of an educator, but keeping your educator hat on during business planning can block good business decisions or strategic thinking. So keep listening for the things to consider and to accommodate to make tutoring or your education business pay you a full-time salary. Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm so pleased you're here. As an education business owner myself and a former teacher, I understand the nuances that only apply to us. So in this podcast, I share fluff-free, tailored and actionable ideas that you can mould to suit your needs. If you'd like to take this conversation further, please do reach out. I would love to meet you. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review. That way, you'll be helping me help more people. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. Today, I'm not going to be talking about social media marketing or the usual promotional activities that you might be expecting, because to gain real success with all of that, you need to build a solid foundation. So that is what I'll help you create today. If you want your tutoring business to give you a full-time salary, the first thing to decide is if you want this to be your job or your business. For the purpose of this point, here's how I'm differentiating between the two. If you want it to be your job, then your focus needs to be on getting clients through the door. If you want it to be your business, you need to have things in place that accommodates business growth and you need to take responsibility for everything that comes with it. So let's say you decided you wanted it to be your job. You teach, you get paid and you work and live on your terms. You may not focus on activities like marketing and instead you may sign up to as many agencies as possible and use them to get work. If however you decided to make it your business, you want to make intentional choices and plan for them. Something I do with almost all clients who want to either launch or grow is to create a business tracker. I use it for my own business growth too and you may have heard me talk about it in past episodes. The place I'd start if I was in the very early stages is by outlining an ideal timetable. Start by slotting in the times you want to teach and reserve time for other stuff as well. If you can, try and reserve around five to eight hours a week for the other stuff like marketing and just other things that you might need to learn. That should give you enough time to do what you need outside of teaching to build your business. Then you want to calculate how much you need to get paid in total to make all of those working hours worthwhile while covering your expenses or any financial commitments. So here you have the foundations of setting your pricing. I see a lot of advice against charging by the hour, but I think it's absolutely fine to because saying you charge X amount per hour is just language. In reality, now that you have an approximate timetable for teaching and for work, and you know how much you need to make, you have an idea of how much to charge per hour so that you're not out of pocket. I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of unpacking this much more because what you offer, how you teach, for instance, one-to-ones or groups, or if you sell packages and so on, are individual choices. You may even have a more complex situation where you want to work with people who may not have the kind of budget that fits with what you need to charge, so you may need to explore having measures for that in place. All of these things influence pricing, so if you want to bounce any ideas around with me, you're always welcome to book a call. 
But this first step to building that foundation allows you to make sure that you don't make the common mistake of entering the market too cheap and then really struggling to rectify it later. I'll repeat something I say to everyone I work with. Remember, people aren't afraid of spending money. They're afraid of making a bad decision. So don't be afraid to charge properly. It won't put clients off hiring you. And from a mindset perspective, it's really important to acknowledge that you can want to earn well out of your business and care about your students at the same time. One doesn't negate the other, but as educators, we can sometimes struggle with this. The second thing to be really clear on is why you want to do this. Why are you making this choice? We hear about knowing your why all the time, but I think it's important to understand why that places you in a much stronger position. When thinking of your why, my advice would be to steer clear of monetary reasons because there are loads of ways to make money so it will never help you make clear business decisions. Instead, think of what matters to you. Maybe you want to spend time with your family. Maybe you want to start a family. Perhaps you have health issues and you want to carve a path that helps you work less without compromising your income. There are so many possible answers to this and this is about you so I would strongly advise sitting down and really thinking about it. Here's why it helps. Let's say your answer to my first question was that you want to be a business person, you don't want tutoring to just be a job but your why is that you want to spend loads more time with your family. You have to question whether you have time to do all the things it takes to set up and grow a business. It might be that you do a combination of things like getting work through agencies and business growth so that you can take that part slower. It's a really crucial conversation I have with a lot of clients. In July, in the Mastermind, we talked about creating passive income streams and one of the Masterminders had this great idea for something she wanted to create. But when we touched base with our whys, she realised as exciting as the idea was, it didn't enable her why. It took her away from her why, so she had to revisit the idea. So staying clear on how you want to live and work helps you make business decisions. It helps you decide how many clients to take on, how much to charge, what you need to do to get clients and what you can do to get clients, which direction to grow your business in and so much more. The next thing to do is to prepare for success. You need to future-proof your business so that it doesn't need an overhaul when you decide to grow. As I talked about in a recent episode, doing things like investing in automation to take care of admin is one way because it allows you to give clients a professional experience while freeing you up to take on clients and focus on income-generating tasks. But also, you need to create a base that you can build upon and this means thinking about where you might take your business. In the Mastermind, we did this last year in a couple of sessions. We created a strategic business plan that was designed to keep evolving. And if you join, you'll get instant access to that. But for those who don't want to join my Mastermind, I'll give you some ideas of how to do this. Plans change and that's fine, but it is a good idea to think of where your business might go in the future early on. For instance, you might decide that you're going to start with tutoring, but later you also want to sell resources. That means that if you were creating a website, let's say, you need to choose a platform that can easily accommodate that later. You need to bear it in mind as you create resources now and start collecting some testimonials about them from students and or parents. That way, you can have a bank of useful material that helps you launch that side of the business as soon as you're ready 
with a higher chance of getting paying clients from day one. That's just one example, quite a straightforward example. But what you need to do to future-proof will depend on how you choose to grow your business. My next tip is to focus on being visible, not just marketing on social media. The two often get confused. This is a topic we're currently focusing on in the mastermind. I know I keep mentioning the mastermind today, but I can't help it because all of these topics are covered in depth. But what I mean by visibility is positioning yourself as a specialist and making that clear in places that your clients are likely to find you. Also choosing to be visible in places that position you as an authority. A good place to start is to clearly define what three things, and I wouldn't go over three, that you want to be known for. I talked about this in a recent episode, but here you want to be specific. So instead of saying English tutor, that that's what I want to be known for, I might say that I want to be known for a specific exam, so I'm an exam specialist, or someone who focuses on confidence building and so on. Instead of saying business mentor, I might say I want to be known for someone who doesn't give people a one-size-fits-all solution or someone who focuses on the whole person, not the individual challenge. So when you have these defined, you need to focus on spreading the word in places where you can talk about it. Maybe you could be a guest on podcasts, write magazine articles or blog posts for someone else and so on. Places like YouTube are also great because they show up in search engines, the videos work for a long time and people use the platform to solve problems. Being visible takes time and it should be something that you constantly work on. In fact, ideally, you want to be working on something that raises your visibility every day. In the mastermind session a couple of weeks ago, I showed people a way to approach it and plan for it so that it isn't overwhelming. So the not so excellent news is that you should be working on visibility every day. But the good news is that it doesn't always have to be time consuming. Your aim here is to position yourself as a go to so that if someone, let's say they asked a question in a Facebook group related to your specialism, then they would think of you or others would think of you and they'd recommend you and tag you. Now, my next tip, and this is an important one for any stage of business, really, is to make sure you're really clear on what you offer, who you work with, and that the two are aligned. So here's how to think about it. Put yourself in your customer's shoes and think about what information would help them decide if you're right for them or not. What information would help them choose you if you're the right person for them over someone else? Now, this concept does sound really simple, but it can be tricky. I'll explain why using an example and explain what you can do to make it easier. As an English tutor, I might have a parent whose child is disengaged. Right now, they don't care about results. They just want their child to feel happier and more confident about learning. Then there's another parent whose child is currently getting a grade seven in their GCSEs, but they're aiming for a grade nine. They want a tutor to help them achieve that and they're determined to get that result. Now, I could teach both of them. I know I could. I did it for years when I was a school teacher. But when we're a business and we're asking people to pay for what we as an individual offer, we need to give them a clear way of making a decision. So if my marketing messages conveyed a combination of how I'm results focused and confidence building, then I wouldn't be able to make a clear case for why one of those parents should choose me because I'm not being specific enough. I'm not going into depth in that one area enough. It's tough because I could teach both, but how do they know that? 
So instead, I might choose to focus my messaging on how I focus on confidence building and how I believe that that leads to results. That gives the first parent faith that I'd be a good fit. And if the second parent likes that approach, they might contact me too. So being specific about what you want to be known for sometimes feels like you're excluding potential clients, but actually you end up attracting more because they can see how you're a specialist in whatever you have chosen to be known for. Think of it another way. Sometimes when we give people too many choices, they end up choosing none of them. So I'll give you a quick summary. And today I've avoided talking about the obvious stuff like marketing. Instead, I've tried to give you something that's a little bit more accurate and things that you may not consider. So I hope they've really sparked some ideas for you. And as always, if you need any help, just reach out. So as a quick summary, the first thing is to decide on what kind of way you want your tutoring to give you a full time salary. Is it through being a business that you grow or do you want to be self-employed whereby you teach and get paid and still get to choose your hours? The second thing I talked about is to be clear on your why. And I mentioned that it's useful to identify things outside of money. Thirdly, I talked about preparing for success and some ways to future proof your business. This is especially important if you did decide to run a business over being self-employed. Then I talked about being visible and not limiting that to posting content on social media. Social media is a part of visibility, but it's by no means the only thing to rely on. And lastly, I talked about the concept of being specific about who you want to work with and aligning that with all of your messaging and what you offer. So thank you for listening. And as always, you'll hear from me on Wednesday. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.